You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights, we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host, but I am not alone in this endeavor when it comes to talking geeky and nerdy things. I have two of the most wonderful podcast co-hosts with me. You know them. You love them. In fact, let me introduce them. The first one actually has a new episode of his solo podcast, The Overflow. Uh, It's going to be available when you listen to this. So listen to this and then... Flop over there and listen to uh, the overflow. His name is MC Brooks. Fellas, I've begun my journey for the One Piece. Oh yeah, yeah. Forty-five okay. episodes down, nine hundred and fifty-five to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, I was... you're only you're only half of a percent there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I'll dive more into that another day because I know we're pressed for time. Cool. But yeah, it's, it's been it, good man. so far. Uh, the second co-host on At The Diner is a wonderfully talented visual artist. He is also the professor we have dubbed him because of his endless knowledge when it comes to all things movie, TV, comic book related. Uh, his name is James Rambo. I have nothing clever to say. It's okay. It's okay. We had some intense conversation beforehand which if this is the first episode you're listening to this week uh go back and listen to the other ones but honestly like if you don't really feel like hearing political stuff we get it we we, we created a refuge for a reason um you can skip those episodes i i understand like we would love if, if you did listen because we feel like we have some important things to say but also i don't think any of us here at this table right now myself mc and rambo included would totally blame you at all if you were just like can you guys just talk about geeky nerdy stuff we get it we, we totally do um, and that's why we're doing this episode now. So yeah. the the MCU rewatch, um, I was really looking forward to getting to this one, to getting to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And the reason why is because of all of the movies that I've seen, 
in the MCU. These two that we're going to talk about today, um, Guardians um, 2 and Ragnarok, are the ones that I gave much better reviews. They had the biggest, like, course correction, I guess is a good way to put it, when I rewatched them. Because both of them I was very lukewarm to. The first times I watched them, I was like, yeah, these are all right. But, like, in subsequent rewatches, Guardians, I've now rewatched twice, Guardians just, like, hits on so many levels. And, like, it's such a good movie. Like, I've always thought James Gunn was a good director, but, like, this just, like, further solidifies this. This is just a absolutely fantastic movie. Um, like, just this is, like, my first takes on it, and then we'll talk, we'll discuss as a group. Um, the movie hits every single thing you want it to do. It's action-packed. It's emotional. Like, it's funny as shit too um and and james gunn has a is really really good with dialogue and he nails the dialogue because it's not just like it's not just like oh it's funny ha 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 it's also thoughtful and in a lot of different ways and you know to quote letter kenny that's what i appreciate it's about it so um rambo what about you man like let's talk a little bit about, about kind of like your your first thoughts on guardians of the galaxy 2 and then we'll go into more detail yeah, I know a lot of people uh, put this in, in the, the category of, like, you know, worse of the MCU, and I really don't understand why. Wait, how? Um, Wait, what? People actually say that? A lot of people yeah. are are not big fans of this movie, like, aggressively dislike this movie. Really? Yeah. And I don't Very know how surprising. much of that is also, like, retroactive, like, you know, post-Infinity uh, uh, War reactions. Um Oh, shitting on Star Yeah, okay. I mean, but but a fair amount of that I, I do remember hearing about before any of that came up. Um, but yeah, no, man, this movie perfectly hits me in my uh, my dead dad feels, um, among other things. Um, but also, like, continues James Gunn going into his, like, we're going to explore all the big, crazy, weird shit in the, uh, the Marvel Universe. We're going to go into fucking Ego, the living planet. Um, we're going to introduce, uh, the idea of celestials and, uh, and all this other shit. Like, yeah, I, it's fun and it's funny and it's genuinely heartfelt multiple times throughout, uh, including a scene that's just, uh, fucking Drax and Mantis sitting next to each other and her breaking down, um, because she, she gets to feel all of his, uh, pain, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, around his, his loss of his family. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I try in general not to, to rank the movies overall. Um, so yeah, it's just I really fucking dig it. Like it's, it's well acted. It's beautifully shot. It's you know, uh, there's some big fun crazy shit going on throughout. Um, yeah, what's not to like? Yeah, a hundred percent. MC. Yeah. Uh, so I guess this is where I deviate from you two a little bit. Oh, uh, wow. Wh here's wh why wh Rambo and Mike are wrong. Oh, no, no, shit. No, it's, no, no. It's, it's not even a why you guys are wrong, because I don't think okay. either either of you are wrong. And and I, I'll say, like, I don't think this is a bad movie at all. Like, I, I don't think I don't think this is like the worst of the I totally disagree with that. <laughs> I don't think it's the 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 worst of the MCU. I wouldn't even put it in like the top five worst MCU films or anything like that. Because I do think it is it is it, it is a good movie. Uh, for me, it just it ran a little long. And maybe it's just because I'm not 
super invested in the Guardians characters that I just kind of like I, I I can watch it and enjoy it, but it's it's not something that I felt really connected to, and it's not something that I like. If I if I were just scrolling looking for something to watch, and this was on TV, I would probably keep scrolling. Like not because it's bad, it's just it, I I didn't connect with it all that all that much. I mean, there's stuff there's stuff that I did like in this movie. Like I thought Yandu's character arc is 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 wonderful. Um, the stuff with Peter and his dad I, I liked. Like, I understand because I think. Um, some of the criticism that I remember from this movie before I watched it um, was people being like, "What? Like, how the hell is he the son of a planet?" <laughs> and and uh, hearing people saying that it didn't work for them, which is actually funny considering all the shit that happens in the MCU. Like, that's that's what you had a problem with, you know? Yeah. Like, and also, yeah. like, that's explained in the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I I like I agree, like. I like so like stuff like criticism like that like don't make <laughs> like they don't make sense to me so like I don't I don't agree with those uh, whatsoever like I said I, I don't think it's a bad movie it's it's just not a personal favorite it's not a personal favorite for me and I think it's mainly just because I I'm not as emotionally invested in those characters like I am with other people in the MCU like I enjoyed Guardians one I I, I enjoyed Guardians one a lot but I didn't. I didn't walk away from that being like, oh yeah, I want to really see more. I liked it. I liked the movie. I love everything about Guardians One, but it's not something I'm like that I felt super compelled to want to revisit. So even though like I think this movie has has uh, a lot more depth to it, there are some really great character moments. There's some amazing action in it. I'm not as connected to it as I am with like other films. So like. You know, it's it's not it's just not my personal favorite, but I don't think it's a bad movie whatsoever. Okay, I think that's fair. I um, what's what's interesting about this though is like I think that, and this is just my opinion, mind you, I could skip the first one a million times. The first one is literally like the way I feel about Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Star <laughs> Wars is great. Star Wars is the thing that introduced the thing, and I enjoy it, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and like it, it has its place because like without it, you don't have Empire Strikes Back. But Empire Strikes Back is one I will fucking watch all the time because it's such a good movie. That's the way I feel about Guardians 2. Guardians 2, I feel like, is such a good movie that I will watch it anytime. Like I will watch it more than I'll watch the other ones. Um, whereas I won't watch the first Guardians because it's just kind of like, eh, it, it's it's Guardians, it's fine. Um, but you need it in order to have the second one. Um, yeah. I also wonder, and, and it's nothing, uh, you know, like, I'm glad you don't have to deal with this, MC. But I'm also wondering if maybe the fact that, like, both Rambo and I have, you know, parents that are no longer with us, if that maybe it touches us in a way with this movie that, like, thankfully you don't have to, you know, understand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, on some, I mean, like, on some level, I kind of get it because, like, like I like I didn't I, I spent the first 14 years of my life without my dad really being here, not because he was a deadbeat or anything, but he was in the military. Yeah, so he was over, he was overseas a lot. And so I have like I have very like I have mem I have like a, memories a little bit of like being like like five years old, six years old and like remembering when he would come home for. Uh, for periods of time before he would inevitably have to leave back out to go back overseas. Um, 
So, I mean, like, the stuff with Peter and his dad, like, I, I appreciate it because I've also had a really rocky relationship with my with my dad over the years. Yeah. And um, it was it's really only been, I would say, in the last, like, two years or so that we've really, like, reconnected and, like, we have a good relationship now. But, like, between 14 and... 30 31 years old like it was it was very rocky it was very up and down and i went i mean I, I literally went for a period of like two years without talking to him and we lived in the same house um so i mean like the stuff with peter like i i think there is merit in, in what you're saying but like I, I did enjoy the stuff with peter and his dad like that, that wasn't something that just didn't that wasn't something that i would say like it didn't it didn't work for me okay i gotcha yeah yeah, again, like like you were saying, though, that you just didn't connect with these characters like you have some of the others. So, no, it totally makes sense. Um, I think that one of the things that I, I really liked about this, too, is that, like, going back to James Gunn, and, like, I don't even remember the timeline now at this point. Like, when did he catch shit for this? It was, I mean, it was definitely after Guardians 2. Right? Like, when he caught all yes. the shit about those old tweets that he had. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was after this. Because there was speculation about Guardians 3. Uh, yeah. I believe, or, yeah, I think there was some speculation about when Guardians 3 would be. Because uh, I, I could be misremembering, but I think people were talking about like Guardians 3 being like the movie that pops up like after the Infinity War Endgame thing, where it being one of the one of the um, yeah, it would be a movie that popped up like immediately after, like not Spider Man, but guard, people thought Guardians 3 was going to be that first movie after because it was supposed to originally come out i believe in 2020 and then all that stuff happened and then it, it ended up inevitably getting delayed anyway um I, and i don't know if it was all if, if the delay was also was related to the james gunn stuff or not uh guardians 2 dropped in may 5th 2017 uh the controversy with gunn and his tweets was in 2018, specifically in almost a year, uh, 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 about a year ago, uh, between the two things. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because um, it was he was like just kind of think like gearing up to do um, Guardians Three, and that's when all this shit went down because he had just been not ignoring and uh, and directly addressing all of the fucking like right-wing assholes he kept running into on on twitter and so they put a target on his back and they were like okay great we're gonna find whatever we can to make you look as bad as possible yeah which is stupid in its own right but that's another story um so overall though i mean like I, the guy's a, the guy's an awesome director i mean like I, i'm i'm really impressed with what he's able to do um his style i think is different than a lot of other action directors, but like, you, like you've said in, in, in prior um, podcasts that like growing up with the horror films that he did on these low budgets, you have to be able to really lean into some ridiculous shit. And like, that's what he does. He does that really well. Like everything about these movies, if you just like, if you're just like, well, that's kind of stupid, isn't it? Like then it, you lose a lot of what makes these characters great. And he doesn't do that at all. Like he he really leans into that, which I think is is fantastic. Um, oh yeah, it, it's. 
I, I think that this one is one of the better movies, like as a as a film. I think this movie is just like it it hits on a lot of themes. Um, I'm I understand MC's point too, especially because like, yeah, I don't really have any investment in any of these characters. Like honestly, like yeah, yeah they're all fine. Like, but I love that you care about like a talking raccoon and a fucking talking tree that says the same <laughs> words over and over again. Like they make you care about characters that you shouldn't care about. They should be stupid and uh, unimportant. And that's to James Gunn's credit. He does a really, really good job of that because like you and the fact that you're able to feel emotion from Groot when all he's saying is the exact same things. And like of all of the intros, the, like the beginning scenes of, of movies in the MCU, the fucking intro to Guardians 2 is so good and so entertaining. Fuck yeah. Like it, it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I, I could watch just the intro and enjoy the shit out of that. But like this, this movie is so great. Plus, I can't remember her name, but the gold chick. Um, hey, what is her name now? It's gonna drive me nuts. Um, the one who the creates uh, the Adam character Warlock. or the or the, the yeah, character. Her. Oh, it's like the Empress or some kind of thing like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Am I the only one that was just like she's kind of hot? I like this all gold chick, man. It's something. I mean, Elizabeth Debicki is fucking gorgeous. Aisha. Her, her Aisha. 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 There we go. Just saying, she's man. Also like six foot three. She's I mean, a that's... giant, gorgeous woman. That's cool. I won't challenge her in basketball. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> you. I mean, maybe. I mean, like, who knows? Um, but that that scene when fucking when uh, when <laughs> when Rocket's winking at, at Groot or, or winking at uh, Peter Quill, like when they're talking about Aisha. Oh my god, that scene is so fucking funny. <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, just well written. I, I enjoy the shit out of it. Um, yeah, just a, a, a really, really solid flick. Um, does anybody know the T-shirt that Quill is wearing? Like, what the fuck that T-shirt's supposed to say? It's like in some alien language. Like, I don't know if anybody actually like bothered to like go out and translate it or anything like that. Or oh, I don't know, off the top of my head. I'm sure. All right, nerds, get on it. One of you on the internet, not you guys, just the general nerd populace of our podcast listeners. I'm sure somebody's found it. We'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, Guardians, Guardians 2, good, good shit. Um, yeah, I really liked Kurt Russell in this as well. Like that dude, just just watching him choose scenery is always fucking great. And like he he does that in this movie in in great and oftentimes like he's yeah like his whole speech about um, the song uh, Brandy and like how his mom how Peter's mom was um, was Brandy, but like because of their great purpose, like the, their true love is the sea. And like, I, yeah, I love that speech, man. Like, yeah, just good shit. And I, and I, yeah. And watching Peter like fight him just again, like it's, it's the whole, I think every, every son watched that and like could identify with some relationship that they had with their father, whether, whether it was through their, you know, through the relationship with Ego or through the relationship with Yondu. It was kind of universal in that way. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I think is, is really engaging and also really insidious is that Brandy speech, um, yeah. that monologue, because it, it's up there with uh, Bill from Kill Bill talking about Superman because the the on, on its surface 
it's you know it seems like he's making these good points and 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 being honest and being uh forthright about what he's saying but the thing that needs to be remembered is like this is the villain sharing their perspective and particularly when you know uh how ego is able to justify um allowing peter's mom to die um it really shifts perspective on that whole like well you know i i i could have stayed with her and, and could have helped her but you know my first love is the sea so and it, and it, it becomes this this declaration of selfishness in a way that even he's not fully aware that he's doing because yeah. For him, it's it's not about. I'm not saying saying you're doing anything wrong. This is uh, uh, this is just the way things should be. Like I'm better and more powerful and more stronger. I'm I'm a superior being. So whatever I want to do is the right thing to do. Yeah, and I think I he even like what did Peter say? To, like he's like, you shouldn't have let my mom die or something like that. It was something to that effect. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but like, yeah. But again, in his mind, like, yeah, you know, like, this is not my problem. You know, I've got bigger things to worry about. Like, it's, yeah. Again, just a, overall, just a great movie, wonderfully acted. Let's move on to Ragnarok. Let's talk about this one. Hey, um, Mike. Hey, yeah. Before before we move on, I I did post the graphic. Uh, Quill shirt just has gear shift. That's it. Yeah, gear shift, and then under underneath uh, a. Tanek Galaxy Invention. And then as far as the atoms, the translations are dust, cement, stone, and ash. And uh, they pretty much just put it together in uh, a font called Clin because they just wanted a cool graphic t-shirt. It just looks cool. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I'm down with that. Like, <laughs> why'd you do it? Because it looked cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. does too. Like, I remember looking at this shirt. I was like, that's a dope shirt. I want that shirt. What does it say? I don't fucking know. Who cares? Like, it's cool as shit. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was supposed to just be like a, a really stylized, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I mean, I could see that. And reading the quote from the... Yeah, uh, you know what? I could see that. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah, the costume designer is talking about it. MC shared the, uh, the quote. It says, I think people are reading a lot more into it. When I first started the film, James Gunn said he wanted to give everybody more of a cool rock star feeling. And I said, well... Usually that means a graphic T-shirt, and he went perfect. I want a graphic T-shirt, so we did a lot of graphics and that would advertise either products or candy. And we actually used uh, Alphabet from his first film. Uh, it's very simple. It says Gear Shift on it. <laughs> That's it. It's no. just... not one of those things where it's like if you if you read this this alien language, you know that this was given away a plot point. No, it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's just. It's just one more thing inside inside the the world itself. Fucking looks cool. Hell yeah! All right. Um, so Ragnarok. Let's talk about that one. Um, first time I watched Ragnarok, it was all right. It was cool. Like this is fun, I guess. It's fine. It's whatever. It it just to me it, it rang very hollow because it was just like all right, this is just another Marvel movie that's exactly like all the other Marvel movies. It's fine. I enjoy it. It's good. But like. Upon a second and third rewatch, like this movie, I missed so much about this movie. And like knowing the behind the scenes, normally like behind the scenes stuff, depend it depends. Sometimes knowing the behind the scenes stuff is really really good, 
and it really like helps paint the picture. This is one of those things where if you know the behind the scenes stuff, it makes a huge difference in my opinion. Knowing like how much of this was improv and like that made a huge difference for me. Like the fact that like they improv that scene when Thor is talking about like the relationship between him and Loki. He was like, oh, when I was a child, I, I absolutely <laughs> love snakes. And then Loki pretended to be a snake. And like, and, was, and then he was like, blah, I'm Loki. And like, that's fucking hilarious. And he improv that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like the movie's great. I love the interactions between Hulk and Thor. Those are some of my favorites. When like, just when, when he's in the, when he's in the arena and Hulk comes out and he goes, yes, I know him. He's a friend from work. Like, that's they really leaned into how like not innocent but just kind of how like dopey and like lovable thor is and they stopped like this whole like let's just make him smolder and sexy like it was like let's make him also kind of goofy and like honestly it was one of the best character twists that they did to fix a character that had some problems because the first two movies, the first one, the first movie was fine. The second one was okay. It's not well thought of in the MCU at all. Like, no, it's but like, widely considered the worst. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually considered the worst movie in the MCU. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, it's, it's like saying like, you know, Hey, this is the worst Oscar winner ever. Like, okay. They're all still really good. But like, this one just happens to be not the best one. Like, yeah, like they, they really fixed a lot of the issues. And again, too, knowing the behind the scenes stuff and learning more about Taika Waititi, like that guy's a fucking amazing uh, director. Not only that, he's a great writer. And like, it's the same thing with James Gunn. The more I learn about these guys as creators, the more I appreciate them. And like, Waititi is just like, he's just, he's innovative, but fun, but like also has a unique perspective on things. And like, is not like, when you get Taika Waititi, you're going to get some interesting shit. You're not going to be like, well, this was boring. Like, I don't think anybody can ever say that anything that they've seen from him was boring unless it was like, I don't know, like yeah. some early movie of his. But like the guy just like does compelling shit. And he was the perfect fit for this. And like they really nailed this. They, they knocked it out of the park. I think it saved Thor's franchise, even though you really don't have to save the franchise because he's a fucking Avenger. But like... Well, I, think he... I mean, in some ways, it, it it actually did because Chris Hemsworth has said before that he was ready to walk out of the MCU until that movie happened. Okay. Yeah, and and if not for that movie and Taika Waititi, um, Natalie Portman would not be coming back to the MCU. That's true. Yeah, I know she was yep. just about done. Yeah, so that's. Oh no, she was finished. It was yeah. over. Like the yeah. the fight that she had with Marvel, with Perlmutter, wasn't it? Or, yeah. Well, I mean, not, not necessarily with him specifically, but like with with Marvel overall, because they kept being like wishy washy about female directors, and like Patty yeah. Jenkins was supposed to do at one point, and I want to say Mary Wiseman. Um, yeah, Patty Jenkins was supposed to do Thor too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that was the deal. It was gonna be it was gonna be a female director, and there were a couple different people, Patty Jenkins being one of them, and then they all fell through. And instead, instead of going with an established uh, female director, they went with a, which, and like no knock against him, but they went with a, uh, or excuse me, an established female film director. They went with a guy who had directed a couple episodes of like Game of Thrones um, and some other TV stuff. Uh, I think this was his first feature. And it's like, okay, that's a choice. 
And she got real mad about that. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I don't want anything more to do with this. Thank it's not fun for me. You're you're blowing me off. Um, and fuck that. I'm, I'm just not going to do anything else, have anything else to do with it. And then fucking Taika Waititi was like, hey, what if we made you the star of this movie? <laughs> what if we focused on yeah. Jane and how she's an important character and, you know, worth uh, worth exploring? She was like, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading I'm reading here with him that apparently he said approximately 80% of the movie's dialogue was improvised by the cast and crew. That is fucking, fucking outstanding. Wild. That is so great because <laughs> that's fantastic. That's also a huge testament to the improbabilities of all those actors because yep. so much of that like I I really like Taekwatiti in pretty much everything I see him in. And then I watch Free Guy. And <laughs> Oh yeah. It sure is a movie. Um it's okay. It's fine. It, it 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 is what it is. If I had, you know, done my due, my full due diligence and knew exactly who directed it and all that, I probably would have had a different opinion leaving the movie. But Taekwatiti is so clearly improvising every line he has, and it feels like a first take every time does it really and the whole time i was just like this is not okay like it, it's 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 letting somebody who is very good at, at something kind of run wild but maybe they need to have some restrictions in place yeah they need to have some kind of parameters on them because that might help them to function better and it just like every almost every scene with him, I was like, this is overacted. This is, you know, it, it's you're clearly going for a particular thing and it's just not landing. At least not for me. Yeah. I mean, like, that's 80 percent, though. That's yeah, that is wild. Like, <laughs> that's crazy to think, though, that they were just like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other scenes. Oh, oh, the uh, oh, let's do the uh, my brother needs help thing. That was improvised, too. Yep, and that's that fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that shit was so funny. He's like, no, I hate this. Come on, it'll no, work. It's great. No, not doing good help. <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. Fun for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's something that, like, I, I really enjoy their interaction in that movie, too. And, like, I feel like Loki... Loki's not Loki. The Loki that we get in um, his series without this movie because he it's, was he was very yeah, yeah he was very yeah. self-serious in like the first two Thor movies and this one he kind of has way more sense of humor yeah. and like that was needed that was very very needed for him yeah I mean they played off I, I really think that Hiddleston and Hemsworth played off each other just really well in this and that's like you could tell they, they had they had chemistry and I don't think it really came across as well in the first two Thor movies but you could clearly see it in this one I I would disagree a little there mostly saying that the second one in the second movie you really like the first movie it's it's the problem with the first movie, and I will try, I will be as brief as I possibly can. The problem with the first movie is everything happens because it has to happen, and not because the story warrants it. Yeah, it we, is. We a, talk is about that too. Like why, of, why are why are Jane and Thor in love? Well, because they're both pretty. Yeah, because the movie has yeah. the movie requires that that she she be the very attractive woman, he be the very attractive man, and we're moving on. Um, individual scenes 
work really well. And the first movie is much more about setting up. I mean, Kenneth Branagh directed it, so it's 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 Shakespearean. It's about yeah. setting up the, the the pain and the tragedy of uh, what Loki's experiencing. The second movie, you get the opportunity to see them like interact as brothers. Like the scene when they're on the the Dark Elf ship, and they're trying, and Thor's trying to get it to run. That's like one of the best scenes in the MCU. Where they start bickering at each other about how, like, what did you, what, did you, did you press the button? Right, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't hit it. Press it, and like, really, kind of, it, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, it's up there with the, the party scene in, in Age of Ultron. It's, it's the little moments that really make the characters, um, and the, the, the sequence where, where Thor is walking Loki. Uh, uh, like he's like transporting him, and and Loki starts talking about Captain America, um, and you get that that great bit of 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 uh, Chris Evans popping up as you know to cameo as himself, but not as himself. It's cameo as yeah. Loki playing playing himself. Um, I I think that's where that that you really get the the full kind of seeds of those things. Um, but the the Ragnarok is where it really comes fruition where they get a lot of sequences and a lot of time to really explore those relationships. Um, but I think we, we definitely got little little tidbits of it earlier on, and I think those are uh, probably the best examples of it. Yeah, I mean, it's... They, they, he, it, take what he found what worked with the first two and was like, all right, let's build on that. And yeah, I mean, like, whether he just, like, whether this is just, like, a lightning strike and it just happened to work or this is a, a fucking master at its craft either way like it worked out in in bunches for this movie um and l like we just discussed it saved the thor franchise so um if i had to rank them like i'm not i, I can't really rank my favorite one like the best movies versus favorite because like i'm biased and i fucking love me some captain america and i feel like both of those come first and second like, I have a really hard time, like, ranking anything after those. And that's, again, those aren't the best movies. Those are just my favorites. And, like, honestly, I think that um, I think that uh, Winter Soldier might be the best one. But I, I still don't know if that makes sense. Like, I have a really, really hard time saying which one is, like, technically sound, like, the best movie. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I pretty much flip-flop between Winter Soldier, the first Iron Man, and the first Avengers film. Like, I might give a different answer today than I will tomorrow or Monday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's hard. And, like, honestly, I think all of them so far that I've seen all have really good things about them. Um, what do we got next on the list? What's next in our rewatch? Fuck, we're up to Infinity War, aren't we? Yep. Black Panther and Infinity War. <laughs> This will be fun. So yeah, I think that'll be. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't rewatched Infinity War in a while. Same thing with. Uh, then we get on to uh, Endgame, which. Yeah, I. I, I yeah, no. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> a buddy of mine rewatched that recently and was like, "This is an awful movie," and I'm like, "What?" I was so confused. Like, like how? Like, I mean, like just completely trashed Endgame, and like. I'm wondering if it's one of those things where we're just all, because we are the nerds that we are, that if we're just watching this, like that one in particular with rose colored glasses, 
is it impossible to give a fair assessment to that movie because we're so invested in all the other movies that came before it, if that makes sense? I mean, part, one of the things I've seen people say is that of the two, Infinity War is the better film, but Endgame is largely satisfying because it is the, it is the, the conclusion of a journey we've been on for, a, at that point, a decade. And yeah, I, 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 sorry, I, I was going to say, I haven't now I haven't seen either movie since they've been out. So I'm really going to be watching with fresh eyes when we when yeah. we get to get to them, because I haven't I've seen Black Panther a number of times. I've, I've seen Ant-Man, um, uh, Ant-Man 2, excuse me, um, uh, uh, a number of times since. But both Infinity War and Endgame, like, neither of which I've seen since I saw them in theaters. So I'm, I am going to be curious to see if I feel if I still feel the same way. I think I will because you know it's Marvel and I, I don't really dislike anything Marvel has has uh, has done. Even the movies that I would say are not as good as the others. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 really curious because that is a sentiment that I've seen. But I also wonder if a little bit of people saying that is just like that internet thing. Because people, you know, were, are just like, oh yeah, no, Endgame was overrated in general. But they were also saying Black Panther was not a good movie either, like, uh, yeah. like two years after it had been out, you know. So, it part of me wonders if it's like legit or if it's just like people doing that internet thing of hot taking and saying something is not that good, just because they don't like it. Or just I will. I will say that both you and uh, Rambo um, rub off on me when it comes to the things that I say in my outside the podcast life, um, because in situations like this, when people are like, I really just didn't like this movie, um, I often use a Rambo quote and I say, it's nice to have opinions about things. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. You, you think a thing. It's great. Yeah. And like, I do it to the people at work and they get mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, That's cute. You think things. Good for you. And like. I I think the problem with both Infinity War and Endgame is this is the first time, like the MCU is has done something that hadn't been done before, in certainly not at that scope and scale, um, by way of creating a linked universe and 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 stringing together like we we've, we've had sequels before, yeah, but we've never had this level of interconnectivity, and, and like. Just a quick side note, and then um, I'll stop interrupting you. Um, Return of the Jedi gets the same thing. Return of the Jedi gets shit on hard. And yes, okay, there's issues with the movie, but like you're wrapping up an entire trilogy of films that is unlike anything else. So I think, in a way, it's very similar to Endgame in that way. Is that like the, the I always feel like the last movie in a trilogy always gets shit on the most. Yeah, I mean, or I mean, in, a, in a series of. It doesn't really get to be its own movie. No, it doesn't really get to stand on its own um, because it has to to wrap up. It has to have its own self-contained story while also wrapping up the entirety of what's come before it. Right. <clears throat> and when you're doing that, your your focus has got to, is is, is going to be split. Um, now imagine that it's not three movies, but it's twenty two. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't think it's unfair to, I, I don't think it's fair to say that you can't judge it as a film on its own, either of the two. But I do think it, that, you, you know, context is important. And 
this isn't a movie that is designed to be watched by itself. It's designed to be watched with at least some knowledge of what's come before. So if you exactly. as the if you as the audience aren't willing to put in the work, then you know it's kind of on you. Yeah, like there's there's no way to accomplish what they accomplished, um, and have everyone be fully caught up uh, uh, just in this movie. It's just not possible. Yeah, Isn't and I'll oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, I mean that, that's really it. It's, it's, it's just the idea that, like, your, you know, your opinion is valid in terms, you know, if somebody's like, oh, well, I don't think this is a very good movie on its own. Cool. It's not designed to be. Right. That, that, it, 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 it reminds me of all those articles that came out with people whining about how they couldn't, why, like, why do I have to watch the first 22 movies to watch this? Because why can't I? Works. Why can't? Why can't? Why can't I just, you know, like, because I, I remember seeing people being critical of Endgame for that. Like, why do I have to go and do this? And I'm like, you're making the decision to watch a film that is serving as the conclusion of a, of a story that has been told over 22 films before it. You made that choice. I haven't watched a single episode of Dallas, and the final episode. Um, I don't understand. Why should I have to watch the entire series to understand what's going on? Because that's exactly. how this works. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I will watch the finale. You can. This doesn't make sense. It makes total sense, but you haven't been here for the ride. That's on you. That is on you. Yep. It is not the, the, the responsibility of creatives to make sure everyone is caught up all the time. Personal yeah. responsibility comes into play. I mean, if I'm being honest, it, it was it was one of the the frustrating things from people I know who don't watch any of the CW shows, but were tuning in to like the crossovers and then being highly critical of the crossovers with no, no working knowledge of anything that had happened on any of the shows before it. Oh, I mean, it was it was especially notable with cri with Crisis in particular, but. I mean, I've seen I've seen it on, on some of the others, even with uh, the current one going on with Armageddon. I'm like, if you've literally never seen anything, you can't just like these are not things you can just tune in and just yeah. expect to understand. Oh, why is uh, Black Lightning? Why, why is Black Lightning in the Hall of Justice? Uh, you, you might know if you watched any if you watched any of the previous episodes of Black Lightning or the or the previous crossover, you would know why that's there. Here's my yeah. thing with that, right? Like you can, you can watch these things without watching all the backstory, um, but you have to understand something, okay? If you're going to ask why and then get frustrated when the answer is not like, oh, it's because of this. If you need a whole bunch of extra stuff to know the why and the why is gonna bother you, then that's on you. But I'll give you a perfect example, okay? I was watching, I'm trying to remember what movie it was. Oh, I was, I was watching a, a Rogue One with Jax, right? Like, I was watching it, but he just popped in. And he was like, oh, hey, what's this guy? What's going on? I was like, oh, remember first Star Wars movie with the Death Star? Yeah. Uh, the Death Star had just been built. Oh, okay, cool. That was it. That's all he needed. He just needed a, a quick catch-up. And he was like, oh, oh, that's kind of cool. And then that yeah. was it. But he's not like, well, this is ridiculous. How come I don't understand everything that's going on right now? Because it doesn't matter. If yeah. you care about it, then make the time for it. But don't bitch because they're not going to give you a recap every single time you're tuning hey, in. Something. 
Exactly. And I, I will say, as someone who is a frequent anime viewer, it is kind of the, the one frustrating thing because a lot of shows, especially older shows, do this where like the first five minutes of an episode are dedicated to just making sure that people watching understand what just happened in the previous one. And it's frustrating because yeah. it, it go it's 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 taking away from the time that should be going to advancing the story beyond what just happened. Like, Especially I don't, I don't, now I, in like the digital age where you can just stream yeah, whatever, you know? Exactly. I'm like I don't I don't need a five minute recap of what just happened. I I just saw it. <laughs> you can go ahead and just like proceed from this point and let me know. Yeah, I there I it's funny, I was just talking to um I was just talking to to our friends uh, Will and Nina, Nina, friend of the show, um, about this last night, um, specifically about how a lot of Marvel books now, a lot of Marvel comics will have a um, a sort of like you know here's what's been happening page at the at the very front of most of the, most of the comics, and it is just a you know because you know. It is it is a very true axiom that every every comic is someone's first, and so ideally you would be able to like get them caught up, have them know what's what, so they can and can follow along and and, and be engaged. But at the same time, that can lead to some really fucking stilted writing, where everyone is having to call back to everything else that happened before. Um, there is a did yesterday. Yeah, I do remember what we did exactly. yesterday. It just fucking happened. Yes. There's a there's a joke in um the comic Spider-Verse where um Morlin, the the one of the guys who's like traveling between dimensions, uh to to fucking, you know, suck all the energy out of the various Spider-Man, uh Spider's Ben, um goes to the daily comic strip world and he can't make any headway because every time he gets between, uh, he, he goes through the, th the first three panels, he gets to the first one of the previous of the next strip, and it's just a rehash of what just happened in the previous three panels. And so over the course of like nine panels, he moves like two feet. Oh jeez! <laughs> and, <laughs> and and he finally just gives up. He's like, "Fuck this! This is this is bullshit." Um, and you know, what we were talking about was the fact that, like, you know, the it's 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 great that they have um, these pages there to kind of catch people up. But one of the counter complaints was, or, or counter arguments was, like, well, then that that leads to like, you know, maybe too much information, and now people have the sense of responsibility. And it's like, well, you know, that's really on you. If you feel like you need to know everything about what's going on, look it up. But that you don't. That's that, 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 that's your me. choice. Is like I I watched Infinity War and enjoyed it very very much, and I hadn't seen all the movies in the MCU. Yeah, same. I hadn't seen any of the the Guardians films by yeah. the time I got to Infinity War. It's just like that was the thing with me. Is like I okay, cool. Watch the story. This is what's going on. Like it just it. Yeah, it doesn't matter, and like the fact that people make this make it this big deal is just fucking ridiculous. And yeah. like, again, like it's a, remember when like they started saying like, hey, we're gonna have all these series on um on Disney Plus, and um they're gonna be interconnected, 
And uh, in order to understand what's going on in the movies, you're going to have to watch Disney Plus, too. And people bitching about that, like, well, that's ridiculous. Okay, cool. Eight bucks. Sign up for it. Well, I shouldn't have to. Yes, you should. Or, like, you know, you shouldn't have to. And you don't have to. Yeah. Wikipedia, right there. There you go. (laughs) You You can go read without watching. Or, or, be savvy. People end up for better or for worse, tweeting out clips from these shows all over Twitter anyway. You can go watch entire uh, segments from shows on YouTube. There you go. Even if you haven't seen the entirety of it, you you have ways to to get to it. Like, like, just me personally, I was sour about that announcement, not because I did not want everything to be connected, but because it spelled the end of, you know, Daredevil. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and unfortunately Iron Fist and even and even some of the other properties like The Gifted which is an X-Men show that was on Fox or um, uh, what's the one that was on Hulu with the kids? Uh, Runaways. Oh, Runaways, yeah. Runaways, yeah. Like it spelled the end. For, I was more upset about those, you know, those being canceled because they weren't going to be brought into this um, brought into this connected universe. But yeah, I mean we have options. You have you have options now. Um, whether it's you know use your free trial to just binge all these shows, come up with a different email, make a new account, continue binging. Yeah, come on, find be creative. A, Jesus Christ, find a, find a friend who has an account. Like I, I like I know people who are sharing a Disney Plus account or sharing a a um, a Crunchyroll account or a Hulu account. Like you have options here, if you if you really if you really want to see it. Not to mention, no one is going to complain about sh- about this shit being connected once you see, once you get the quality of shows that we've gotten. Like Wandavision yeah. is great, but Wandavision for me would not have worked as a film. I, I don't know no. if I if they if they could have dedicated the time into making into making that a film. Loki, good series. Not sure it would have been a film. It would have worked as a film. Cap- I mean, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, unfortunately, based on what Nate Moore said, it sounds like we're going to rehash Sam becoming Cap in the movie anyway. But that series worked as a series. And some, and, and in terms of storytelling, some of these things just work better as a series as opposed to trying to stuff all of that information into a two to two and a half hour movie. You don't, and it's not, yeah. And I was just going to say that is a goddamn professional ass segue into our final topic for the podcast for this week. And that's going to be another MCU series that just came out that heavily relies on you watching the movies in order to understand what the fuck is going on. And it's all <laughs> um, I think we'll, what we'll end up doing is, is we'll do the nostalgia stuff next week because we're just going to run out of time. Yeah, this is, this no, is no. my, ultimately, this is our fault. Like we just need to do more podcasts, obviously. So. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all good. I was having trouble finding the site anyway. So <laughs> hey, look, look at this guy, always giving. MC Brooks. No, so it works guy. out. It works out. Plus, I feel like we're all gonna have a lot to say about Hawkeye. So I, I can crystallize Hawkeye in like three words. My opinions on it. I fucking love it. So fucking love it. Yeah, that's my three. Okay. Like <laughs> I, I have that's enjoyed four. every. Well, if you take the I out of it, the I is implied, but fucking love it. <laughs> um, 
Fine, five words. I don't give a shit. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I um, Little things I'm really enjoying, too. The, the music in the series is not as loud than the movies. And why does this matter? Because now you can hear that cool-ass sound effect that happens when he shoots a fucking arrow. I don't even know how to describe it, but you can hear it now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like every time. I and like I don't know why. It gets part, me hype. I'm like, that's fucking dope. Part of me also wonders if that's a creative decision given Hawkeye's disability in the show too. Oh shit. Oh yeah. See that. That's a really good point. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, if you haven't watched it um, and you want to stay away from them, don't listen to the next like 30 minutes of this podcast. Um, <laughs> That was the time to, to check out. Yes, yeah. because me, like an asshole, uh, looking at our group chat that we have, I thought that both of you had replied and only <laughs> one of you had replied. And I just started dumping spoilers. I was like, oh, shit, wasn't this cool? And you were just like, yeah, I haven't seen it. And I'm like, fuck. Well, th bad. thankfully, you, you didn't. I, I said something before you got uh, too spoilery territory. I was like, yeah. all right, you didn't, we yeah, haven't you gotten plot points but we're we're gonna get we're getting in that direction you're, you're dancing that way lunsford yeah. easy buddy easy okay sorry my bad i'll fix it um yeah like i i've enjoyed every minute of this series um i, I really like clint barton's character um i like that i like what they're doing with him um i like where we're kind of going with this um, i'm hoping it's not a a um i'm really I'm really hoping this is going to be a happy ending, like in the sense that like, OK, so they've like he's like, I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. I promise. I promise. I really hope he is like, oh, they don't kill him off. I'm going to be really upset if they kill him off. I just want Clint Martin to have a happy fucking ending. Like, I'm tired of seeing superheroes die to sacrifice for the greater good. I'm tired of superheroes coming back all old and then disappearing. I, we don't know whether or not they're dead or not. Like, I mean, I think personal. I mean, I think when when it comes to like, I don't think Hawkeye will be dead because I feel like when it comes to like really, really big, significant moments like that, I feel like they would save that for a film, whether it's Avengers That's five a, or yeah. something else. Cause like, if you, if you think about it, the finale of Loki, we saw he who remains, we all know it's Kane the conqueror, but they never call him that in the, in the show Yeah, because they would save something like that for a film because it's a big deal for the first appearance of Kang to be in a film as opposed to he who remains. So I don't I I, I don't know if it'll necessarily be a happy ending, but I I don't I don't think they would kill Hawkeye. If anything, I think he'll I, I think he will probably go further into his retirement. And I think we'll just end up seeing Kate just like take, take over. over. Like like maybe she'll gift him the moniker of or of or excuse me, he'll gift her the moniker of Hawkeye. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, like you know, we have have a you know final scene between the two of them being like you know, but if you're gone, who's who's Hawkeye? And he's like, we already have a Hawkeye. Bingo. That would just that would be adorable, and I'm all for it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely echo your sentiments. Like, I know a lot of people were conflicted on this series because they don't like Hawkeye. And, and it's funny because if you just read the internet, I mean, people have run, have completely run wild with like character points or things that they believe about Hawkeye. Like Hawkeye is MAGA or, you know, Hawkeye is racist and just all just 
all of this wild stuff. Now, granted, I do think there is it, there is fair criticism to the fact that he played judge, jury, and executioner for primarily um, people of color. You know, when he during his time as Ronan, uh, sure. I think I do th I do think that 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 is that is fair. But like we've all had the conversation before, like none of these superheroes could actually be MAGA and be, like no. be heroes. No. It just it would it it would not work. So. Um, I say all that to say, like, I've enjoyed the shit out of Hawkeye so far. I was never conflicted as to whether I was going to watch it, simply because when I thought about it, we really haven't spent a lot of time with just Clint in the MCU. Like, he's been part of teams, like, he's been with other characters, but we've never spent time with just him. And so I was curious, okay, what, like, what is it going to be like to, to just be with Clint? And it's, it's interesting because and I told you guys this, I started reading the the, the comic that this uh, this show is based on, and I I, I did kind of like <clears throat> in the like in the comic like it's at least very early on, and I don't remember if it was in the annual or if it was in issue one, where like you kind of hear him talking to himself. He, he, it's like this big thing of him vo like vo like saying a lot like I'm I'm the one person here like I don't have super abilities i don't have a billion dollar super suit i was not given the soldier serum i'm not a god from another planet you know i'm just a guy using an outdated form <laughs> of weaponry and a bow and arrow and so like i was really curious to see what we were going to get with uh with him and also curious to see if marvel was going to force clint to kind of face any kind of demons or anything for his time as Ronan. You know, we, 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 again, we, we, we know a little bit of what he did in terms of who, like who he targeted, but we don't really know, you know, who was affected and, you know, was there potential retaliation for what he did? So I was curious to see, I, I was, I was curious about a lot of things because I wanted to know more about Clint as a hero. Um, we again, like I say, we've gotten bits and pieces, even in Black Widow, learning a little bit about what happened in Budapest uh, between her, him, him and her. So I was really curious about that, but also I was really curious because I wanted to know more about Kate Bishop because um, I'm, I, I was a little familiar with her before the series. Um, I was a little familiar with her partially because of the Marvel Avengers game, where I got to, I, I really got to see her dynamic not only with Clint but with some some of the other Avengers. And it makes me it makes me want to read more of her comics, which is why I asked the group, you know, if, you know, if there were any good runs of Kate Bishop, because I really would like to know more about her character and what she's got going on for her. And, and I think Haley Steinfeld through these first three episodes, and this is no shade to Jeremy Renner, but she's been the star of the show so far. Oh, absolutely. She is. She she has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I, I love I, I love her confidence. I love that they with her backstory, they kind of already set her up to like have a martial arts background. So like us as the viewer, we're not wondering, oh, how is she just going to, you know, have all these athletic feats? You know, how is she going to be able to do all this stuff? And I also really like that they tie part of her origin to that 2012 fight where she sees yeah. that awesome scene of Hawkeye. Uh, shoot, you know, shooting arrows from the top and then jumping off the building. I, 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 yeah, I, I think to this point, it's the the series has been great, and I feel like we'll probably get into more detail in, in a second. But just in general, it's been great so far, and I'm very excited for these final three episodes. 
Yeah. Yeah, as I as I am as am I. Um, yeah, she actually. Yeah, she's been so much fun. I've enjoyed the hell out of that character. Um, before we uh, let Rambo talk, I just want to uh, state that so far, this the winner of this series, though character wise, is fucking Pizza Dog. <laughs> I I love Pizza Dog so much. Like that that fucking dog. Like I don't know what it is, man. He's missing an eye. Like. And yeah, and he loves pizza. Like I can appreciate that. I love pizza. I have both my eyes though. But like, yeah, like love that guy. L- love pizza dog. Yeah, that, uh, and, and instantly, uh, a thing I wasn't sure about: the dog does in fact have both of its eyes. Um, ah. That is a that is a digital removal. Uh, of oh, the, the real dog. Eyes. Okay. Yes, yeah, the real okay. dog. I was like, was um, he winking all the time? Like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. The slime motherfucker. Um, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> would I have wanted uh, the the Matt Fraction, David Aha, Hawkeye the whole time? Absolutely. That would have been much preferred to what we got, which, like, you know, MCU Hawkeye is fine, but the Fraction Aha stuff is it's just better. Like, like, there's... One- one thousand percent. Yes. There's a def- there's a defined personality, and 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 to your point about uh, about Haley Seinfeld stealing the show, it's because her Kate has personality. Mm-hmm. Renner's Hawkeye. He's been doing a, again. He's doing a fine job, um, but there hasn't really been a lot beyond sort of like. I would say Hawkeye is the most generic MCU character in the MCU. 1,000%. He doesn't really have a lot to define him. Yeah. And, and he was essentially just a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent with a bow and arrow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we knew he was very good with that. Like, he he was plenty skilled, but that's really been it. Um, and Kate is essentially taking on the fraction personality um at least a little bit uh yeah 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 and like like they're 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 essentially taking like fractions hawkeye and and being like what if what if this guy had all of the the knowledge with none of the experience um and so there so there's no wisdom there it's not tempered um because that's that's one of the things that i really like but to be clear i'm really enjoying the fucking show there's there's no way around that um I, I think, I can't remember who said it, I, I think it might have been Justin Jordan on Facebook was talking about the thing he finds most impressive about it. No, it definitely was him. He finds most impressive about the show is the way that they are able to show that Kate is someone who has all of the technical uh, technical know-how with none of the experience. And essentially what that means is she gets herself into shitty situations and she's typically able to handle herself, Yeah. Um, but she doesn't, She's not smart enough to know to avoid the situation to begin with. Right, yeah. Like like her coming to rescue Clint and then falling through the, the plate glass window um, <laughs> is a perfect example of like, yeah, if you hadn't been up there to begin with, this would all be uh, going better. Um, but yeah, and Haley Steinfeld just bleeds fucking charisma. Like that woman is, fun- everything I've seen her in, I'm just like, I just want to watch more of you. Um I am so so yeah. All that said, you know, would I prefer the Fraction Hawkeye the whole time? One hundred percent. 
this is such a great marriage of the MCU Hawkeye and the Fractional Haran that I am legit stunned at how well they have been able to, to make those things come in and, and work together. Um, I hope we keep getting more of the, the Fraction stuff kind of peeking in with Clint's character um, because that'll just be more and more helpful to defining him as an individual character as opposed to just like, you know, generic badass number two. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the things they've, they've already set up, like I, uh, uh, fuck it, I mean, fucking Swordsman is so, I'm, I'm curious if they're going to, to follow through on a comic thing with that character. Um, which I can I can mention because it's not a spoiler really. It's just but it's it does potentially tie to something they might do. Uh, I, the, to be honest, I'd be a little surprised if they did. Um, but uh, you know, there's so clearly things that are that are percolating and being set up that we're gonna get payoffs for. Like you don't bring Vera Farmiga into your show unless you have something for her to do. And mm -hmm. right now, Mrs. Bishop is just sort of there. And like, that is not, like an actor of her caliber is not someone you have as set dressing. Um, so some shit is going to go down with her. I don't know what it's going to be, but something's up. Uh, and then, you know, of course we get the, the, we get the intro of Echo, uh, which was fucking great. Like, and there's, there's, this is one of those things that I fucking love when the MCU does these little Easter eggs that 100% do not affect the plot. You do not need to know this at all for it to change your appreciation of the narrative. It is just there as a, hey, if you know about this thing, that's really cool. When her dad dies and he reaches up and he touches her face, you get the bloody handprint. The red handprint on her face is a direct reference to her costume in the comic. Oh, oh David Mack's original design. Uh, well, you know, I, t I say David Mack. I, I honestly don't remember if Mack designed her or if Casada designed her visual. Um, but she has a, and it's gone from a red handprint to a white handprint, but it's a handprint over her face. Um, and that is a hundred percent a reference to that. Um, her, her in the room, uh, l like, not fair to say listening, but like just fucking vibing with this really bass heavy music because that like, cause she can feel that whether or not she can hear it, um, is a fucking great intro. Um, there's, there's been so many little things that have been done really, really well with this show. Uh, like, and, and like big crazy nerd shit, the fucking giant arrow. Oh my like, god, that right. was so oh, great. Yeah, that was so oh. dope. That was that so was... great. And such a moment to, to have him like really step into the mentorship role. Really, yeah. you know, he's giving her clear instruction. He's telling her what he needs her to do in the moment, and she is hitting every mark. And it's 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 such a it was it was structure that she hadn't had for a long time. Yeah. Like it's it's you know that that's that's a big part of the story that we're that is kind of like not quite talked about is Kate has been without a dad a father figure since she was like twelve years old. So 
you know, when you don't have, uh, uh, you know, part of that 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 uh, that that family in your life, that is something you're missing out on. Um, and Clint, you know, begrudgingly stepping into that mentorship role, um, it's really great. It's funny the way the comic handles it is it's almost more of a partnership like on, on kind of like a one-to-one level between Kate and Clint. And the, the, the way the show is handling it is it's much more a mentor mentee thing with the mentor not wanting to have anything to do with what's going on. <laughs> um, like Clint is such a fuck up in the comic. <laughs> like he's constantly like, and not in big ways, in little ways. Um, but yeah, I just yeah. There's 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 so much good to say about this show. There is one thing that I was talking to uh, talking to Phil. Hey Phil, I know you're listening to this, and we disagree on this um, about uh, uh, with regard to the post credit scene for Black Widow. And he said, you know, fucking again. This is we're well into spoiler territory, and that movie came out months and months ago. Yeah. Um, He's like, well, Yelena hasn't showed up. And I had honestly forgotten that she was supposed to be in the show at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping she doesn't show up. Oh, huh. uh, Or if she, she does, that she shows up in a post credit scene. I can answer that. I, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's because it's, it's kind of public. Because they release promo oh, images. Yeah, no, no, for sure, you're, you're fine. Okay, yeah, they've released promo images for next week's episode, and there is a character. We don't know that it's Yelena, but what they're wearing appears. Someone, um, it appears like it's um, it's like a mask for that Yelena wears in some version of the comics when she's acting as okay. Black Widow. Like, so we, I can, I can find the graphic and put it in the in the in the chat so you can see it. But people believe that that is Yelena, that she's going to show up next week in next week's episode. So I, we don't know. Again, we don't know for sure, but it see it feels like that that uh, that that's going to be, and that's because they literally just put those images out yesterday. And the, and there had been already been uh, uh, talks before about like her showing up in the series, and at the time I was really excited for it, and I'm hesitant now. Mostly because a thing that has been happening in the last couple of MCU projects that I've watched has been a lot of this thing isn't meant to stand on its own. It's meant to set up something for the future. And when everything is designed to lead to everything going forward, you don't really have like you. The, the narrative suffers. The story itself starts to, to collapse on itself. Because it's not about what's happening now. It's only about keeping you hooked to keep getting your money. And my worry with bringing Yelena is we already have enough irons in the fire. There are enough plot points. There are enough characters. There are enough elements. And like, like you know, we, ha- we have plenty of balls in the air. We don't need more. Now... The show has been great so far, and I I hope beyond hope that should that be her coming in, um, I will be wrong and they will handle it very well. But I worry that 
It's going to end up being overcomplicated. Um, it's going to it's going to pull focus from the story we're already getting, and it's just not, and 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 halfway through a six episode show. That's not a lot of real estate. Yeah. So that's my big concern right now is is you know I mean like we we got that with with Eternals where we had characters that had no reason to be there and were only there to set up future appearances. Um not not fully with Loki but like there's definitely elements of that in Loki. Um I I worry about like that's my biggest concern with the MCU overall right now is that it's going to end up just being this kind of cavalcade of like uh, keep watching because yeah. this thing's going to come up later. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, th I think that's totally valid too because if you if you remember I believe we had a conversation in like related to this I think after. End game it, it, after any it may it might it may even have been last year for all I remember, um, but sometime after End Game about when you think about where the MCU was post End Game, that they had to do a lot of heavy lifting because they were going to be introducing new characters and they were going to have to like because Iron like Iron Man like Iron Man was gone Cap is gone uh, um, uh, Black Widow is is gone. Hulk is, uh, Hulk. Hulk is injured. Uh, we don't really know much about, about Hawkeye. And Thor is Thor. We still love Thor. But in terms of, like, outside of Spider-Man, they didn't really have a lot of characters that were currently present in the MCU that could have carried a franchise or carried a film franchise. And so, I, I've, I'm, so the reason it's related is because I feel like part of what they're doing now is like that. They're trying to set stuff up now so that they can have film projects down the line. Like, I, like I've, I have no doubt that eventually Yelena is going to get her own Black Widow film. Oh, like, fuck yeah. 1,000%. And I feel yeah. like... I got a feeling that's that secret project they're talking about with uh, Scarlett Johansson, that she's, like, yeah. directing or producing. Yeah, 1,000%. And it's probably going to be also connected to, like, th like th to this. Um, which actually brings it, which actually connects something I, I, I wanted to bring up too, which is people after seeing these episodes of Hawkeye and and, and knowing that Yelena is going to show up eventually, were pointing out the fact that that in the post credit scene for Black Widow, that Val like that image of of um, of uh, Clint as Ronan is not something like. How did like how did she or anyone come across a high definition photo where you can clearly see him standing there in his Ronin outfit? And how did how did Val get her hands on that? Who and who would have been in charge of even ordering that? And then and then which and then leading to this hit seemingly um, on on Ronin on the on the on the, on Clint Barton. And what what agenda there may be behind uh, sending Yelena specifically after Clint? Yeah, that's I mean that last bit in particular is the the question I want answered. Because there's a lot. I mean, there's clearly a lot of stuff at play here. Because like, and, and is this perhaps connected? This is still this is connected to that power broker. Um, is it connect? Is it 
potentially connected to a potential kingpin appearance as you know if if you know fingers crossed vincent d'onofrio shows up in this series at some point yeah um like there, there's just a there's there's just a, a lot a lot of stuff and and it, it really makes it really makes me just wonder, um, like it, like what like again what is Val's role in all of this and what exactly is she trying to set up and what is to be accomplished by taking out Ronan, and and and, and with yeah. that so that's yeah I mean that's honestly I hadn't put this much thought into it that either of you have. And this is why the three of us make a wonderful podcast team, because honestly, I'm just on surface level. I'm like, Oh, this has been cool. There's cool shit going on with the ninja fights and, and the tracksuit mafia and yeah. arrows and there's cool sound effects. And there's an adorable dog that loves pizza it is fucking dope. And then you're just like, yeah, but all these other implications, I'm like, fuck, didn't even think about that. That makes it even cooler. Like, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. I like that there's so much more to this. The only thing I would say is, is like, I still feel like we're not moving forward. And and mind you, this is not a bad thing because there's a lot to dig into from the post snap or blip or whatever the fuck they call it in the actual universe. Like everything is still about the blip. Everything is still about the snap yeah. And, yeah. and the consequences from that. And again, too, this and is if, not a bad thing. It's just if, something I noticed. And as far as the timeline, we they they Marvel confirmed that Hawkeye takes place two years after Endgame, so yeah. we're officially in twenty winter twenty twenty five in the MCU. Yeah. So if Yelena doesn't show up, I think based on what you guys are saying, I like what Rambo said. I think that that's the best solution is have her show up as a post credit scene because there is a, still a lot of shit to unpack here because you've got. Um, I can't even remember the guy's name now. Um, uh, Kate's Kazi? soon soon to be. Um, oh, Stephanie. Jack. Yeah. Jack. Jack yeah. Yeah. Jacques. I'm I'm assuming that's swordsman is who you're yes. referring to, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is his obsession with swords, like the fact that he has Ronan's sword, the fact that he killed his uncle I, with Ronan's sword, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my low key conspiracy theory is that Jack is actually the one who killed um, Echo's father. You think so? In, in in a Ronin outfit to to to, huh. to frame to frame Ronin See, for I, I think it was Ronin period because like I feel like it, it I mean, enough it, time it definitely, has passed. It definitely, yeah. it definitely could have been. But we, uh, there's just <clears throat> there's just a lot of stuff that we just don't know about. Like we know Jack likes swords, but what are his motivations? And what are the odds yeah. that his his uncle ends up dead right after that? Uh, um, that uh, the thing I can't remember what it's called, uh, um, auction. auction. After yeah. yeah, after like, what are the odds he ends up dead after uh, trying to outbid his own uncle for that same sword? Oh, he definitely killed him. Like I'm, I'm convinced of that. Um, I'm just, I'm really enjoying how things are going, and I can't yeah. wait to see how it's all gonna play out because, like, Cause, yeah, because part of me, part of me thinks that what Marvel is 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 doing now to set up for the future is we're going to get basically three different types of content. We're going to get the very, very street level stuff, um, street level stuff, which is like dealing with like gangs and whatnot in New York. I think, you know, if they end up, if they like hypothetically, if they brought back like a daredevil series 
uh, since they have they own the rights to it, or like whatever this Echo series is going to be, you're going to deal with very street level stuff. Then I feel like you're going to deal with the more world, you know, like world ending potential stuff, which would be like the Avengers level events, um, which is a term that was used in one of the Hawkeye trailers when Kate is explaining to her mom why she is with Clint. Yeah, she's she, she says, quote, I'm helping him with an Avengers level event. Yeah. Um, so, like, I feel like there will be the Avengers level events that are, you know, affect Earth as a whole that will need the entire team. And then there's going to be the, the the universe stuff. So this is the stuff that's happening in space with like Guardians and Thor and Captain Marvel. And if they like no, if they involve Nova at some point, and just all of that. And so I think we're that's pretty much what they're said. What they're going to be what they're what they're setting up to. And I guess there's also a fourth um, in a potential um, Midnight Suns type of ordeal. Mm-hmm. Dealing with dealing with all of the occult, considering we have the Werewolf by Night project coming out on Halloween next year, that's filming right now. Just for the record, um, Moon Knight is, if not done being filmed, uh, they're in post production. Blade, um, and not to mention that post credit scene from uh, Eternals with um, Black Knight. So I mean, all the all the elements are there. So we're dealing with like all the occult occult type stuff also. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm I, I I think it's a just a mix of things we mentioned before with them trying to do like doing a lot of setup for the future, but it doesn't feel like setup yeah. because you know Kate Bishop is a we talked about this too. Kate Bishop is a member of the Young Avengers, and every Marvel series we've gotten so far has hinted at somebody uh, that is a member of the Young Avengers team, whether it's uh, Wiccan and Speed, whether it's Patriot from Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, Young Loki and in the Loki series. And that's well, and then there was the, uh, the, during the press conference for Hawkeye, somebody asked uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld about Young Avengers and she immediately stopped, she, she kind of froze. And she turned around and she looked directly at Kevin Feige. And there's this long moment between the two of them where, like, she's like, I don't know what I can and can't say. <laughs> so, yeah, that shit is set up. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is coming. Yeah, for, for, for sure. I just like I just I just hope the same thing as you as you guys that, you know, we can still they don't they don't set the story. They, like, they don't set the current story back just because they also feel like they need to set up. Yelena in the future exactly. and uh, set up whomever, whomever, whether this person ends up being Kingpin or another care, another prominent character, uh, whether that ends up being something that they are setting up for the future. Um, just, you know, if they can balance it, cool. If they can't, hopefully they don't try to do too much. Yeah. I mean, like it's, I'm just enjoying this ride, man. And like, I, it's funny too how I get with movies where sometimes, or movies and TV shows, sometimes I'm really digging deep and I'm watching for every little thing and I'm analyzing everything. And then other times I'm just like sitting back, bowl of popcorn in my lap. I'm just like, fuck, let's watch some cool shit. And like, yeah. that's kind of been the way I've been with these MCU ones so far. But like, having these post watch conversations with y'all has really made me like kind of start tying the strings together and like, I just, like I said, kind of to tie this up, and yeah. we'll go ahead and wrap things up. 
I really I'm hoping for a happy ending for Clint Barton. The main reason being is just like, yes, is he the least interesting Avenger? Yeah, sure. Okay, fine. But like he's had to deal with so much shit. He turned to being Ronan because his entire family vanished because of the snap. He lost his best friend and and Natasha. So like I I the guy deserves a happy fucking ending, you know? Like Yeah. But also he, accountability. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, also kind of, kind of, can, yeah, you can have both. Like, yeah. I think there's no way around what you did. Yeah, he has he has to. He had like he's dealing with that now. Um, quick side note, uh, and then we'll wrap up. I absolutely loved the LARPing scene. That was so goddamn fun watching him participate in that. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't want to be there. He hates it. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, give me back my Ronin suit. And the guy was just like, can you just let me beat you in a fight? And he was like, all right, fine. And like, just really, really, really enjoyed all of it. So, um, but yeah, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, thank you, MC. Thank you, Mr. Rambo, uh, for your contributions as always. But also thanks to all of you out there who are listening to our wonderful podcast. We appreciate you. We love you. Uh, we got more of these coming. As always, we have so much more to talk about that we didn't even get to because we were playing catch up for the uh, missing a couple of weeks because of uh, Thanksgiving. But we'll be back next week with another podcast. So make sure you tune into that as well. Uh, so for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, uh, stay safe. Uh, get those boosters if you can. Keep you wearing your masks and try not to be a jerk about it. Because remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!